The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Teenagers and young adults spend so much time trying to get the points to get into chosen university and third level courses. And then so many of them end up at, by the end of their first year dropping out. And those numbers are going up. The most, the most recent figures are for the 2020 to 21 academic year, which shows that 12% of first year students or more than 5,100 people didn't go on to the second year of their course, an increase from 9% rate of the previous year and the highest rates were recorded at places like Dundalk Institute of Technology and Southeast Technological University where over one fifth of the students didn't go into their second year. Dr. Derek O'Byrne, Vice President of Academic Affairs at Southeast Technological University is with us. Why so many people not progressing on do you think? Yes, uh, the the numbers just released um, do show uh, quite a significant increase. If we look historically at the last year, a few years before that, the pre-COVID period, what we found was there was a very strong downward trend um, and a lot of higher education institutions had invested very heavily in first-year retention initiatives um, and SETU being being one of those. Um, And I think in those prior years, those initiatives took took, uh, kind of force and, 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 and took effect. Um, but over the COVID period, a lot of those started unbundling. And I think a lot of students found themselves in, in quite a difficult situation, a near perfect storm. Um, so issues like, um, and you, you mentioned earlier, the, the whole points issue. Um, I think there was an issue with the predicted grades and students getting more um, CAO points as such that all of a sudden course choices started getting changed and students started ending up in programs that were selecting based on their points, not on the aptitudes that they actually had. And, and we certainly found that happening. So a lot of students got into programs that um, they thought might be a better fit because they had more points, but in reality, they weren't the right programs for them. Um, we also found, and I think this was universal across all of higher education um, over that period, that all of our initiatives around first-year first year retention on uh, building a community and engaging with the student, all that kind of good orientation stuff that happens in the very first weeks of, of a semester, but it embeds the student in the community and gives them good study practices and all that. Um, that wasn't happening because there was so much online delivery and there were so much other types of activities going on that wasn't in that traditional mode. Um, and I think over that period of time and that whole COVID lockdown period, the level of isolation of students and the inability of them to, to create those communities um, and across all of higher education, we saw an increase in the need for support students or supports for students in, in, in terms of mental health support uh, or even in terms of physical um, kind of connectivity. Um, so that was an important piece. And then, of course, that academic performance with predicted grades and changes to the leaving cert, a lot of our cohorts suddenly found themselves doing exams during this period for the very first time uh, at that kind of high-stake level where, where it's a kind of pass-fail type of exams. Um, so I think there's a whole myriad of reasons there. But sorry, Derek, that was suggest- that the second and third are sort of been coped with almost by the return to normal service but the first one, if you don't look at the rates of dropout, the lowest were at the Royal College of Surgeons at 3% mm-hmm. Dublin City University, Mary Immaculate College and also at St Angela's College of Home Economics which were at 6% which would suggest that in those particular courses people knew what they really wanted to do before they went into them but that there is a big problem with people perhaps going, not just you saying getting excessive points because of predictor grades, but that a lot of the time people are choosing courses for third level that don't suit them. And rather than switching, they drop out altogether. 
But what the data doesn't catch is the number who do switch, and and um, so that is an issue. But you're absolutely right, and the examples you've given there in, in, in some cases of, of medicine or home economics, um, that is where students are very clear. Um, and if you look across discipline areas, so, um, for instance, our nursing students here in, in, in SETU um, would have a very low dropout rate. Um, there's a very clear understanding of what they're coming into. But some of the other programs may have a difference because there's a lack of understanding of what the program is or because there is a, a sense of um, maybe, a, a, as I say, a, a point element that, you know, I've got these points, that's the cut-off points for that course, so therefore I go to that course. And I think that's one of the real drivers, um, and I think you're really right in that. We have got to move to a better selection process for students that in some way connect the aptitudes of the student to the kind of programs that they actually engage with uh, and that aptitude study connectivity we know from our own research here in the university that where students go into programs that they actually like they're interested in that they're motivated to get up in the morning to go to lectures that's where they do very well and sometimes we we also miss the fact that you know this this kind of career choice of students picking the right university program getting a good university degree and then going on to do what you love in life you know it's 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 not that linear kind of process yeah but sorry derek we, could it be that we're actually putting too many people into the university experience and it doesn't suit everybody that we've become obsessed with that and other countries move more people towards things like apprenticeships which might better suit them I think that's absolutely part of the of, of the issue in terms of getting a student into the right program, um, whether that's in third level, whether it's in tertiary education more generally, whether it's an apprenticeship uh, or whether it's the workforce or whether at, at 18 when a student goes um, out of college, whether they're actually ready or comes out of school, whether they're actually ready for, for college at that point in time. I think these are all really good questions. Um, and I think that's where I, I, my, my point really is that we have got to do better in that selection process. Um, and it's not necessary to get everybody into college. I, I think we need to get the, the right student into the right program in college or in, direct them into the right area. One of the things we have seen from um, our, our kind of work on people who don't complete the first year, um, we refer to them as dropouts often in, in the kind of the general communication on them, but in reality, they're going on to do something else, um, and maybe in some of these cases, you, you're, you're, you're right. They're the people who turn up to be, you know, a plumber or an electrician, but they've decided that maybe three months into college, um, but it's not for them. It's not for them, and, okay. and and we need to evaluate whether you know. Um, that's a good outcome in its own right. It, it can be. Could, it might be what actually suits yeah. people rather than having been pushed maybe by peer pressure or families into something that didn't suit them. We will leave it there. Dr. Derek O'Byrne from South East Technological University. Thank you very much for joining us. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today.